Good morning, church. Who's ready to hear the Word of God? Mm-hmm. We talked last week about ignorant faith. We talked about what that means when people don't rightly or fully understand the things of God, but they have enough to understand the gospel and to believe it and to cast their soul upon Jesus. And I thought that it would be kind of appropriate this morning to kind of show the other end of that spectrum, which is there are a lot of mature Christians out there. I think the problem is we don't always know how to spot them because they're not waving their hands wanting to be seen. And so this morning we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a mature Christian? Um, I think that's something that Paul often uses the word mature. Um, but what does he mean when he says that? Because I think a lot of times today we mean something different than what Paul meant. As I was reading Colossians this week, preparing for a youth retreat with kids, one phrase that Paul uses kept popping up in my mind. He says, mature in Christ. Mature in Christ. Paul says that he wants to present everyone mature in Christ. That's his goal. And I thought, that should be our goal. At Haynes Creek, our goal is for everyone to be mature Christians. So before we begin, I want to pose this question. What is a mature Christian? Just think in your head. Maybe you've got, a, maybe not a definition, but you've got like a person you're thinking of. Um, we want to put some flesh on that this morning. So without any further ado, if you'll stand for the reading of God's Word. Beginning in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, to chapter 2. Verse 3. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, or labor, struggling with all His energy that He powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all those who have not seen me face to face. Here it goes. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let's pray. Father, let us not remain children. Let us put childish things aside. Father, we want to grow. We want to grow in the right way. And we know that to be a complete person cannot occur without knowing the most complete person. And that was your son, Jesus. Father, show us what it means this morning to be mature in Christ. And all these things we ask in your precious son's name, amen. When I was growing up, I would go on dates with girls. Um, might be hard for some of y'all to believe. But I, um, or I would just go out with girls. Sometimes we can call it dates, you know, you just, whatever. And <laughs> this 
phrase would get used a lot. Not a lot, but it was used several times by multiple girls, and it might have been an indication of me more than them. I don't know, because I kept dating these kinds of girls. Um, but one phrase I would always hear was, um, they, they'd say this. They'd go, hey, you know I'm really mature for my age. Now, I want to be careful here. Guys can think that too. I just would hear young girls say it. And how many of you have ever heard someone say that? Like, I'm mature for my age. Okay, okay, so I'm not crazy. And of course what I found was, if you have to tell somebody you're mature for your age, you ain't mature for your age. Um, and that principle pretty much applies to Christians and what as well. And what I mean is, if you think you're a really mature Christian, you're probably not a mature Christian. Repeat that. If you are convinced that you're a really con a mature Christian, you're probably not a mature Christian. What Paul says here is it's not about as well as you think you are. It's how well you know Christ. Let's start with the verse 28 and 29. Him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. So the aim of Paul's ministry is that everyone would be mature in Christ. That's his goal. But look at what he says. That we may present everyone, not just mature, mature in Christ. So this isn't just a general maturity we're talking about. This is actually being a specific kind of maturity. Let me ask you all this question. Don't, don't answer, just think to yourself. Okay? This is important before we begin. Can someone be a mature person and not be a mature Christian? Just think. Can someone have maturity, but maybe not spiritual maturity? What do you think? Not according to Paul. According to Paul, there is, if you, if you have that, if you, if you were thinking yes, if you were nodding your head, eliminate that category from your mind because it doesn't exist in Paul's mind. There is no such thing as a complete person who is not in Christ. That Greek word, teleon, means complete. Therefore, there is no such thing as maturity that is not found in Christ. Remember what Taylor read? couple minutes ago, verse 16. For by Him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. So if Jesus is the very reason we exist, and Jesus is the very reason the earth was created, there is no way to be a mature person in any significant sense unless it's found through Him. The kingdom of God does not define maturity in the way the world does. Let me tell you what I mean. For instance, at no time does Paul or the New Testament or the Bible ever mention age as being a qualification for spiritual maturity. You can be a spiritually mature person and be a teenager. I've met them. 
be a spiritually immature 60 or 70 year old. I've met them. Did I just go off? Yeah. Hashtag campus church. Here we go. I'll just talk without it. Y'all can hear me anyway, right? Oh. At no time does Paul define maturity in terms of experience, age, career, wealth, possessions, or even having a family. the way the world defines maturity. But Paul is aiming for maturity in Christ. Did you notice the two ways that he says we achieve maturity in verse 28? Warning everyone, teaching everyone. So we just have our first two tests of whether you're a mature person or not right there. Do you handle correction well? If someone were to come up to you and tell you they see some sin in your life and they're warning you because they're afraid that it's perilous to your soul, how would you react? Would you get really defensive or would you seek godliness? Your response to correction says a lot about how mature you are. Number two, teaching everyone. Are you teachable? I think today we think of a mature person as someone who's able to teach others and it's often the case. But what Paul says here is you have to be able to be taught first. Can you learn? Again, the kingdom of God does not define maturity like the world does. Are we willing to be disciples of Jesus first? Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Paul wants these people to ultimately have two things if they're going to be mature. You've got to be knitted together in love, and you have to have the full assurance of the gospel. I have a confession for y'all. When I was younger, I used to look down in some, in some ways. I mean, not in a completely arrogant way. But I used to look down at like homeschoolers and the really Christian kids that lived in a Christian bubble because I thought they were really sheltered. And the reason I thought I was more mature than they were is because I was a Christian who was living in the real world. Y'all ever heard that phrase? They didn't have a clue how the world worked. I was mature. I went to public school. I wish Kelly were here right now. She didn't go to public school. I saw PG-13 movies. Mama didn't always let me watch our movies, but I certainly had graduated from PG. Pixar. I listened to secular music. Okay? It wasn't just DC talking in... Of course, we didn't even have iPods then. I actually talked to girls, went on dates, had my own truck. Y'all are laughing. That, 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 was, that was grounds for maturity. I knew how the world worked. What was wrong with my definition of maturity? I was defining maturity in terms of the what? The world. 
instead of measuring my maturity in terms of my conformity to Jesus, I was conforming to the world and finding my maturity there. The world wants to define maturity in terms of what you've done. The gospel wants to define maturity in terms of who you know. Paul wants them to know this, quote-unquote, the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. We become rich in Christ. We reach understanding in Christ. We find our security in Christ. We find maturity in Christ. That is so completely different from the world. Jesus is the one who makes you wise, not the world, church. That means, hear me now, that means it's quite possible to be sheltered from TV, from sports, from music, from college, from American culture, and still be mature because you plumb the depths of the mystery of God in the gospel. Paul says he wants them to have assurance. I don't think that necessarily means that mature Christians don't doubt their salvation. I don't think that's the kind of assurance Paul is talking about here. What he says is, let's, let's just quote it one more time. The riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Paul's talking about understanding the finished work of Christ in his death and resurrection. Having assurance that the cross accomplishes everything we need and that we dare not add anything to it. One of the primary marks of an immature Christian is someone claiming to follow Christ but who has no comprehension of the gospel itself. I told the kids at this camp this week, when I ask someone to explain the gospel to me, if they don't say, if I don't hear anything about the cross in the first five to ten seconds, I just stop them. Because it tells me they don't know anything about the gospel. As you grow older, you, you look and, and kind of cut through the Bible speak and know what to, to listen for. An immature Christian believes that Christianity is first and foremost about doing things. A mature Christian believes that Christianity is for, first and foremost about believing things. What do you believe? Hobby, well, why is that? Why is it about belief and not doing? I thought it was about doing. Well, first we have to understand this. Christianity is about the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God, which is Christ. I'll have to admit to y'all, and I'm just going to admit as a pastor, it's still hard for me to measure my maturity by the standard of Jesus and not by the standard of the world. It's still hard sometimes to do that. My flesh wants to look down at younger guys who don't have a clue, haven't worked, or they haven't been through what I've been through. My flesh wants to look at Christians who don't have kids and think that they're immature. My flesh wants to measure my life experiences against theirs. I'm constantly tempted to think that I'm more mature because I've lived life. Been through it. You see, the Apostle Paul had also lived life. This is what he says about the life he lived in Philippians 3. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was born in the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Pharisee. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. 
But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. In other words, whatever so-called maturity I had, I counted as loss that I might be presented mature in Jesus. We have to remember that the next time we meet someone who doesn't have a clue about how the world works. we got to remember that the next time we meet someone who hadn't worked outside a day in their life. we got to remember that the next time we meet someone who was raised in a big fancy house with a silver spoon. Now, do they need to learn the value of hard work? Yes. Do they need to learn how to be in the world and fulfill the Great Commission? Yes. But don't think for a second that they have to go running to the world to find their maturity. Don't think for a second that the gospel can't supply us with everything we need to be mature people. You doubt that and you're going somewhere else for your source and your power and your identity. Parents, please do not throw your children out to the world thinking that that's where they find maturity. Now, I want to be clear. Don't shield them completely from the world either. There's really like a lot of weird kids out there who need to have some friends. But present them mature in Christ by relentlessly immersing them in the full assurance and knowledge of Jesus. That's how your kids grow up to be mature. Not exposing them to things as if somehow that makes them more whole. But it's not about just right doctrine. While the world is the the found, while the word is the foundation of the church, that's not what Paul says knits them together. Paul says that he wants the Colossians to be knitted together in what? Love. Love is the defining feature of a mature person. I'm going to say it again. Love is the defining feature of a mature person. If we looked at the life of Jesus, what would we see? The most mature person who ever walked the earth, his life was defined by love. I knew this. Two men in Baton Rouge at Zor Baptist Church. One of them, they were, really, they were two really different people. One of them's name was Charles. And he worked, everybody worked at a factory down there. It was on the river. You're on the Mississippi River. You're almost in New Orleans. Everybody's working at some kind of plant. And Charles was really tough. He worked for Exxon for 30 years. And then there was another guy named Dave. And Dave worked at Dow Chemical for 30 years. And he was actually Dr. Dave. These two men were the same age, I think, practically. Completely different. Charles would say that Dave was a white-collar guy. He was up in the, up in the offices. You know, Charles was down on the floor. But what I, that's not the reason I respected these two men. The reason I respected them is that when they took their uniforms off, they knew where maturity was found. Charles headed up our disaster relief, and Dave sat there and taught middle school kids for 30 years. Dr. Dave. 
See, I didn't find their maturity in what they did. They came to the church and they were knitted together in love. The church is not knitted together by social class. It's not knitted together because our kids are the same age. It's not knitted together because we have common friends. If the church is not knitted together in love, it is not knitted together at all. I'm going to tell you guys, the, the church is a body, and you know that, composed of many different parts, fingers, legs, arms, all different, but with the same head. But the church is often destroyed whenever the hard-working leg looks up at the dainty finger and goes, I'm not pulling your weight. And we start to treat other parts like they're not as valuable. That's not finding your uh, maturity in the head. That's you finding your maturity in you. When I was a kid, man, a lot of kid references this morning. Um, I mean, I'm the poster child for growing up with the wrong definition of maturity. I mean, I just if, if there was ever if there was anything I could seek after that was just the wrong way, it was that was me. I didn't do drugs, though. But you can see my heart was so idolatrous. I mean, when I was a kid, I was taught either explicitly or implicitly that to be a mature man was to be tough. And I don't think I was alone on that. Men work hard. I think that's pretty true. But it was more than that. Men don't cry. Men don't certainly get emotional. Men are strong. Men are self-sufficient. That did me so much harm to my soul. That did so much harm to my walk with Christ because eventually I would stand face to face with someone who was actually mature in Christ and I sometimes thought they were immature. thought they were weak. Jesus was the most mature person in the face of the earth and He wept. He was constantly dependent upon the Father and He died a shameful and embarrassing death on the cross. And we call Him King. Because He knew how to love perfectly and that made Him complete. To love someone, especially to love someone who doesn't love you, is the most mature thing you can do on this earth. To give grace to somebody when they've harmed you. To be kind to someone when they're mean. To smile at someone and just shower them with love when they clearly hate you is a mark, the surest mark we have of maturity. Are you mature? It takes no maturity whatsoever to give someone exactly back what they gave you. Jesus says even unbelievers do that. Immature person knows how to do that. My dog knows my, my dog I used to have to do that. I was telling the kids the other day, life was so bad for Kelly and I at one point. Kelly got cancer. Kelly got a, Kelly got a um, miscarriage. Our, our, our life was in shambles. My church didn't like me. And my dog ran away. But in that whole time... It was someone else's fault. To the people that were not kind to me in church, 
I struggled being loving to them. When Kelly and I had fights, it was a struggle to just love and shower her with everything I had because I was immature. That's why it's so important to go to the Scriptures. Paul tells the Colossians to dwell richly in the Word of Christ. We have to return to the good news of Jesus every single day because that's where we find, as Paul says, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We don't find those treasures in the world. We find our treasures in Christ. Christ shows us how to love. Every single day, Abby has to fight the desire to find my spiritual maturity and the fact that I'm a pastor. Every single day, Abby Todd has to fight his desire to find his maturity and the fact that I have kids. Every single day, I have to fight the temptation to think that I'm mature because of the life that I've lived. Paul says if I want to be complete, it's not about how much I know, it's not about how much I've done, it's not about how much I've suffered, it's plumbing the depths of the gospel and knowing Jesus Christ and knowing the power of the resurrection. I want you all to think about this this, this morning. Mature people don't think they're mature because they're too busy loving immature people. People who cannot tolerate immature Christians are themselves immature Christians. Self-sacrificial love is the hallmark of Christian maturity. Is that how we're measuring our maturity in this church? With Jesus as our standard? Or are we just trying to conform to the world? The world has plenty to tell you about what a mature person is. So does this. Because of what Paul says, we know that the picture of a crucified Christ gives us everything we need to be presented mature in Christ. So I want to end with this. If Jesus is our picture of maturity, and if self-sacrificial love that would go to the cross and be crucified for enemies is mature. If looking to the gospel every single day for our daily bread is maturity, are you a mature Christian? Because you can't count how many years you've been on this earth. That don't count. I was hanging out with some kids this week. I was walking around with some 18-year-old kids that were really, really mature. Don't count on how many years you've served at your job. Don't count how many years you've been married. Do you know Jesus Christ in the Scriptures and do you know Him crucified? (coughs) That is how we find completion as human beings. Let's pray. Father, we just want to grow. We don't want to live on milk. But Father, we need milk from the gospel. We want to eat meat. We want to go on to bigger things. We want to see those plans you have for us. We want to, we want to taste how, how beautiful you are. We want to see you. We want to know that you're good. We want to know the power of the resurrection. We want all those things that come with Christian sanctification. We, we want to know all those things that the Spirit has to give. We want to run that race and we want to get to the end. Father, show us how to be complete.
Show us the love of Jesus. And all these things we ask in your precious Son's name. Amen.